Hi, and welcome to Breaking Autopilot, a podcast about intentional living. So those that have followed already know that I decided to retire from my state government position, certified accounting and HR, and become a yoga student. So started that journey before I uh, left my position, and it started cracking me open. So 2018... It's what I call my year off journey, so to speak. And so in that year, what did I do when I wasn't going into a full-time job? So the first six months, what I did was immerse myself as a new student in yoga, taking many trainings, reading many books, and preparing myself for um, becoming that student that later can become the teacher. I believe that in order to teach, we have to experience that. So, so many life coaches that you hear what's happened to them and um, their journeys and listening to that inner voice has equipped them to help others to listen to that inner voice and find those ways. And so yoga did that for me. That journey helped me to listen to that inner voice. The circle of people that it brought into my life um, was different because my opportunities were different, right? So I was with open-minded people. Those same people had occupations that were in the occupation of accounting or HR or industry or logical um, routines. And yet we just didn't have the discussions because our world was in those logical discussions. And so when we began the study of yoga, it gave us an opportunity to talk about something broader And it also gave us an opportunity to talk about ourselves where it was accepted rather than frowned upon and seen as narcissistic. So with that first six months, the question became, how do I see myself? What do I do? If I'm not the labels, how do I see myself? And so one of the techniques that I used was printing out pictures of me in different activities with different family members, with different friends, and um, with different emotions. Um, I wanted to see joy. I wanted to bring joy. I wanted the feeling of joy more consistent than I already had in my life. And so I printed off a lot of pictures showing a smile. And that was a reminder to me when I saw those pictures of who I was and how others saw me um, in those pictures. And so one of the hard things that we have is seeing ourselves through someone else's eyes. One of the techniques that we did in yoga practice was placing our hands um, in another person's hands. And we were sitting crisscross applesauce facing one another and looking into each other's eyes. And so my partner was a wonderful lady that has gone through some of her own traumas. And when she was looking at me with a gentle, warm smile, um, as that helped me to be gentle with myself. And that's the first moment I can remember paying attention to being gentle with myself. And it was a little uncomfortable, I'll have to admit, um, because I wasn't used to that. I'm such a caregiver, as we're raised in our Western culture, most of us are, to take care of others, take care of smaller kids, maybe if we're part of a multi-generation family, take care of elders, to, uh, other siblings, to pull up the weight where where it needs to be pulled, uh, work settings and such. So as a caregiver, sometimes we don't see ourselves. 
And so that reflection was a little uncomfortable having her look at me and me have my eyes open and think of warm, gentle compassion. But what it also taught me was that if I felt that way as a joyous person, pretty much, that how do others feel who don't notice that and who never been given that kind of compassion to someone or to themselves? So that became part of the quest for me was giving grace to someone else and um, accepting them with compassion for where they are in their journey. Is that always true? Absolutely not. I am human. I do have an ego. And so, yeah, I can be kind of rough on some people and the choices that they make. Um, and then I have to put myself in check for that and realize that it's not my business and that it's theirs. And so that grace comes back, that compassion and letting them live their life has to come back in. And that that lesson really came from Al-Anon uh, materials and, and courage for today in a book and such that helped me to separate from some codependency um, traits on that. So um, what I also learned going through the goals was I'm goal-oriented. I check boxes and those that know me in my work career would absolutely agree that, that I'm driven and motivated. I'm in what we call a Pitta life, um, that dosha style in Ayurveda. And I continued that path, checking the boxes, taking the trainings, having them scheduled through June to where I reached my 200 hours. And after I reached my 200 hours national certification, it was almost like, what now? Um, you know, what, what happens when you graduate school? And I remember having that same kind of thought. What happens when you graduate school, when you've got the degree, when you've got the training? What do you do now? How do you get the experience? So I'd already been teaching, volunteering a lot in 2017. And then in 2018, I started teaching at a yoga studio that had opened in town and um, enjoyed that. And then began um, some offerings that through word of mouth had provided to me to teach like a mind, body, spirit um, course at a church and to work with the VFW in town. And so we were beginning to create some opportunities. And that path, um, getting those opportunities helped me to decide what some of that path would be in my own yoga studies. But I still had quite a bit of time on my hand after completing those trainings. And so what I continued to immerse myself in was reading and appreciating every day the ability to decompress the ability to not be in such a hurry for everything that needed to be done and to look at what I could do if I was given this day. And so I ended up releasing some guilt over that period that if I chose to get up and have a cup of coffee and read a book, that that was actually um, good for restoring my soul. And whether that book was nonfiction or whether it was fiction, that it was still restoring my soul and that that was okay. What I also realized is if I got up and spent the day with family, um, that that was a choice that I could make for that day or for that week. But it wasn't something I had to do every day or every week anymore. I didn't have to take on caregiving for someone or trying to make someone else happy and feeling like that was my job, um, even though there was opportunities to do that. So I didn't over-volunteer time because I was beginning to learn space in my own time.
and the need to not be so codependent and take care of things for other people, not to be a fixer. One of our yoga classes, we had what we called the pain body, where we recognized what is it within ourselves that causes us pain and, um, and nickname that. So we nickname our pain body. And my nickname for my pain body was Rebecca the Riveter. And that was because I was a fixer that I remember thinking at work when someone mentioned, you know, you are a fixer. It was a positive things, um, positive to fix processes, positive to come in and control and mediate situations on there um, that I was proud of that point. In my personal life, that fixer was not such a proud moment. Because what I was doing was taking away independence for other people and their choices. And even if it wasn't a choice that I would make, it was still um, taking away that opportunity for them. And it was enabling them. And it was making me very angry because I was controlling, wanting the choices to be what seemed so logical for me. And in human relationships, that's not going to last very long even with our kids and having a 15 year old through the year of of 2018 and a 10 year old what I realized is that even in those moments where they're making decisions that I would weigh whether I was going to weigh in um, on some of the decisions and let them make more of them and then talk about why they made the decision how it worked out for them what they were feeling in that decision and actually even recommending to listen to your body. What does your body say about that decision? Does it feel comfortable? Does it feel uncomfortable? Um, And let's listen to that. Just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's bad for us. As my example with having someone look at me in my eyes and um, feel the compassion that they had for me, that was uncomfortable. But that was because it was a new experience and not a bad one. It was just new. And so uncomfortable it's not always right or wrong. It just is, and we have to explore that. The, that right or wrong really comes in to what um, I did in other sessions with mind-body work sessions and right or wrong and learning more about equanimity and not placing a right or wrong on everything that we do. That we tend to say um, an action is right or wrong. And really, it just is an action. When we take two roads... Um, in front of us and we take a path to the left or a path to the right, it's not so much that one's right or wrong. One could just take us a little longer to get somewhere than the other. So on your map quest, when you uh, pull up or Google Maps or whatever, that you pull up a route, you have a choice in what route you take. They're going to get you to your destination. Uh, One just may be longer, one may be back roads to avoid highways and such on there. And so that choice is neither right nor wrong. It's what you need at the time. And so if I have more time, I've chosen the back roads. And in 2018, I chose those back roads. I chose to take more time to delve into uh, exploration so that I could understand what I felt and what rose up for me. And so when someone asked me and came to me for advice that I could say, this showed up for me. But what I also did was learn that when someone came to me, it wasn't always advice they looked for. Sometimes it was a listening ear. And the exploration was important to them. And so it wasn't for my job to solve them. It was my job to just offer something to them if they asked for that offering. And so 
that took me quite a while into the fall of 2018. Um, I took a mindful course online as well to practice mindfulness and the senses, the touch, the breath awareness. What do we feel being able to sit for two minutes, sit for five minutes, working my way to sit for 10 minutes and on up to the longest time I've sat, I believe it's been about 45 minutes in a meditation. And so mindfulness and awareness brought me up into being able to go into meditation for it. And then once I was able to complete that online course and have those practice studies, I um, did the body work sessions and worked with, with a person who helped teach me more about equanimity and what's here now. And um, I created a new wall, a new area in my space for motivation with all of the things that came out of that um, 10 week body session because I didn't want to lose what was stirring up. I didn't want to lose the importance of saying what's here now and not classifying as right or wrong. I didn't want to re, re um, learn those things that I had learned, right? I wanted to be reminded of them so that I can continue to put them in my practice. I also went back to my Ayurveda um, studies and paid attention to whether I was able to still have energy in my body. And I got to the point where I was being very settled and spending a lot of time reading, a lot of time meditating, a lot of time writing um, in a journal and books such um, that my energy became a little depleted and I became excessive in rest, I would say. Um, so I had to get up and start walking and doing a little more of the yoga on the day that I wasn't teaching and just move. And, and that movement wasn't that it was high cardio and I had to let myself off that it was, wasn't about it being hard cardio. It was about just reaching and extending and moving with the awareness that I was opening energy in my body through those um, simple movements of, let's say a forward fold and touching your toes, reaching our hands to the sky reaching our hands to the outward part of a door frame to open up our chest and our heart where we've been sitting and rounding our back on there. And so I had to remind myself of those opportunities. Now, mind you, I was still practicing karate with my family, my two kids, through the year of 2018. Um, but I wasn't practicing that on a daily basis. That was more of a class time uh, activity and practicing uh, would increase before a, a belt test or such on it. Um, and then I would come to realize how much more of a blend the karate discipline would be in some of the yoga discipline. And it became more of a joined activity than it being separate and categorized. And that was also what I realized is that my life was not separated and categorized the way I had always done that in my time with my work being separate than my home life, my volunteer, my activities, the family, you know, looking at people separately and slotting them so what I could do for each one. Was I having a conversation each day with someone to encourage them on there? And um, so it gave me an, an opportunity to see my behavior in those patterns and, and recondition my thoughts about it when I increased awareness. And that's what awareness does is give us an opportunity to make shifts, um, not total changes or transformations that everything has to go to. It can be just a shift. And so I would notice those shifts on it. What I also noticed is I got further into 18 and less away from study of um, certifications and courses and um, writing time that 
I did have some more energy and, and I needed to place that somewhere. And so it became, what do I want to do with that energy? And, um, and I decided that it was probably in 2019 time to go back to work. Um, one, because my kids, Jack will be 16 this year. And during the daytime, I realized that my hours, as I completed some of those studies, wasn't being filled near as much during those daytime hours. And so I could use it more wisely by putting the education and practice um, from before the retirement of all that work I'd put into it and the knowledge. And then I could accept and embrace that again and go back to work to stabilize some um, finances that were upcoming and to take any pressure off of trying to build yoga as the full-time business when um, you have to build the credibility and, and find your own way in that, right? I was still green. And so while I have all the training, have all the certification, still finding the niche of where I want that to be um, and that offering. So I get the best of us worlds to do that because I'll still continue to offer the classes that I was offering after hours um, at the VFW, at the church, in workshops, at the studio, subbing for others at the studio, um, and other locations that choose uh, to use services and such. But I would also get my time with my kids after hours, and the worry of where everything's going to land wouldn't be there. So I would be making the ends meet with something that was in my bailiwick, was in my bag of tools, and that I could embrace. And when I retired, I wasn't embracing it. I was done with it. But I was not so much done with what the knowledge and, and was as I was done with what myself had created my environment in, um, the pace that I had created for myself, the responsibility levels that I took on that no one was impressing upon me as great a pressure as I impressed upon myself. So 2018 gave me that ability to see what I had created and give me the ability to shift what I had created. And so those little nuggets um, are going to be spread all throughout whatever opportunity comes. And that's also what I realized. It's just a way of life. It's a conversation. And it's not always about checking the box anymore. That there's a blend and a lifestyle. And so I hope you've enjoyed following me through that journey. Um, there's so much more that I could tell you. So much more individualized in, in each one that perhaps it will come to that day. But what I really needed to understand and record for today was the blessing of 2018, the time to restore that compassion, the time to let myself not be doing everything and to offer you that same level of grace that if it's that's a weekend time, a bath time or whatever phase of life that you're in, to offer you that acceptance and that grace for that time that you get to yourself. And that when you feel um, a low energy point, learning some ways to raise vibration, to help with others if that helps to raise your vibration, but not to take over and control. And that we do need that social engagement. So um, I did learn that as well, is that I did miss the social engagement after there was a period where I wasn't spending as much time with people and starting particularly as the dormant months of the season and withdrawal that I had to bring myself out of the box and create opportunities to be around people for that social engagement, which will help raise the vibrations as well, too. So if you'd like to know more, if you'd like to 
ever have a conversation or things, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, h3grace at gmail.com. And let's just go out and fly. Take care.